Hello, and welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and usually I'm here with my conversation partner, Steve Weens, but he is enjoying some sabbatical time. So I've invited my friend and fellow spiritual director, Reverend Adele Calhoun, to discuss her book, Invitations from God, Accepting God's Offer to Rest, Weep, Forgive, Wait, Remember, and More. Each week, we will be discussing a chapter from this transforming resource and looking at it through the lens of the invitations God might have for us, individually and in community, as we emerge from this life-shifting season of the past year and a half. Before we share this week's conversation, I want to let you know that we have revamped our patron program. We are now giving patrons regular, exclusive bonus content that can be downloaded directly into the podcasting app of your choice. You can find out more and sign up to be a patron at patreon.com transformingcenter. If you enjoy what we're talking about here on the podcast and want to go a bit deeper with these conversations, the patron program is for you. And now... Here is this week's conversation with Adele Calhoun on her book, Invitations from God. Well, welcome back to our podcast listeners and also to Adele, who is not a guest, but she is a friend and was a founding board member of the Transforming Center. And I'm just really glad to be back in some really significant conversations with her as we track with her book, Invitations from God, Accepting God's Offer to Rest, Weep, Forgive, Wait, Remember, and More. And in this episode, episode nine, we have the opportunity to reflect on the invitation to wait. To wait. To wait. What? Oh, I hate to be late. <laughs> Me it too. It hurts my yes. motor to go <laughs> That's so <right>. slow. <laughs> and yet, you know, this is a very significant invitation for the whole spiritual life as well as perhaps for the season that we're in and in fact another way that some spiritual writers talk about the invitation to wait is to talk about liminal space those moments when we are on the road between the now and the not yet to reference the Emmaus road mm -hmm. where something perhaps has been taken from us or there's an answer that we're missing or we don't know how to proceed and we're waiting in this place of unknowing because what we need has not been given yet. And so I, before we get into talking about some of the particulars of this season, I think, Adele, we do need to name waiting as being a major, major invitation of the spiritual life generally. So let's talk about that for a moment. What is, what is waiting in the spiritual life? Why is it so important? Why is it so central? What kinds of things happen to us when we're willing to wait? Well, one of the things that sort of struck me when I was writing this on waiting was that God waits. That, I mean, humans, it's a, it's a condition that no human being gets out of waiting. But to think about God waiting on us and waiting mm -hmm. for the fullness of time and waiting in the days of Noah, there, that God, that there's something about waiting that is just built into creation. All creation waits for the sons of, that nobody escapes this universal and so how do yeah. we do it in a way that um, actually draws us again into the, into the Trinity, into that community, that waiting community, that when we wait, it's, it's not nothing. Mm -hmm. It's not that nothing yeah. is happening. It's not that nothing is going on. But there's, it's like you said, there is something deep underneath that, mm -hmm. that 
is so invested in the in the creation that it has to be important it yeah. has to be important to be here mm-hmm. so how how do we um, how do we sort of shift our the way we come at waiting mm-hmm. so that we can enter it from a different place i think yeah. that's where i'd like to start mm-hmm. how would mm-hmm. you shift your view of waiting cuz do you have a negative mm-hmm. view of waiting we both well, it, you know, it, it it's interesting. It depends. I mean, if you're in a doctor's office and your doctor's running late and you've got a very full packed day and you thought it was going to take an hour and it's going to take an hour and a half and your whole rest of your schedule is just going to go haywire because this doctor's appointment went long and you're waiting, yeah. that is a negative. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I mean, um, now hopefully I've got enough presence where I can say, oh, thank God I'm getting a little bit of extra time to just be quiet and breathe. But, you know, <laughs> But do I ever do that? No. <laughs> I just sit there and get ulcers, you know. <laughs> um, so I, that feels a little bit negative. But, you know, I have a daughter who's pregnant right now. She's in her seventh month. Mm-hmm. And um, every time I see her, I'm reminded of this experience of a woman waiting, waiting for a baby to grow inside. And I, every time I see her, I'm like, oh, how are you going through this? I mean, how are you waiting through these hot summer days and yet... It's, it is a very productive, fruitful kind of waiting. You have to wait for that baby to be fully formed so it can come out into the world. And so that's a really positive image that I have right now about waiting. It doesn't make it easy, though. I mean, it's not no. easy to be a woman growing a baby in your body in the, in the month, of, month of July and August, right? <laughs> There's nothing easy about that no. or particularly pleasant about that. But the joy is in knowing that something is growing mm-hmm. and that you're providing the space and the spaciousness for that baby to come to full development. I find that to be, and you know, all of it's going on in a way, I mean, you can see the evidence of it on the outside of the body, but you can't see everything that's going on inside. You're just trusting that this really good thing is happening and that the baby is growing and that your willingness to wait as a mother and hold this baby in your body is going to produce this beautiful gift. And so that, that I find that to be a really encouraging image Mm -hmm. of, of what waiting really is and that there's this work of God that is taking place in the womb and is also taking place within <laughs> us in the, in this time of waiting where it doesn't seem like very much is going on. Do you, I, for me, I think waiting is a place, my ability to wait or not wait with mm-hmm. uh, impatience shows me something about where my soul is in mm-hmm. the moment. I mean, even your example of being in a doctor's office, mm-hmm. sometimes I can receive it. That's right. That's right. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I want to swear. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I and I do think that that's saying something about me that day mm-hmm. that I need to listen to. What, what happened to my ability to, to, to receive the moment yeah. as it is? Yeah. Because that's what waiting is. I've got to receive the moment as that's it is. Right. The moment that I don't want. The moment that seems to be delayed. Mm-hmm. It also seems to me like when you, the more experience you've had with waiting and the fruits of waiting, the easier it is to give over to it. And mm-hmm. I'm experiencing that a little bit That's in my right. life now as a more mature woman, shall we put it that way. I remember how excruciating it was in my early 30s when I was first being introduced to the idea of waiting and I was very activistic and driven. Not that I'm not those things now, but, um, but it does get more measured, you know, because you just can't push you can't, like you, you used can't. to. That's right. And then the other thing is, is that I know in the cells of my body now what waiting is Mm -hmm. and the fruitfulness of it. 
And I recognize that invitation for what it is more readily and more easily. And it's not quite as hard to give over to it now as it was in my early 30s and 40s. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'm, gl- I'm glad you're resonating with me. I I'm totally like, is, am do. I crazy or is this real? No, because it's real. <laughs> it is. And it's such a good feeling, too, to be able to say to this moment, I don't like you, but I can be with you. Yeah. Yeah. And to see it now more readily as an invitation. As an invitation. Yeah. When waiting comes now, whereas before it was, it made me angry and frustrated and it was an interruption. It was an interruption. It wasn't, it was hard to see it as positive. Now I'm more ready to recognize it as the invitation that it really is. And then I lean in and it feels so good rather than fighting against these moments where waiting is really all there is, but still many of us fight. Even when waiting is all we can do, we still fight. <laughs> now at least I'm fighting a little less, you know, yeah. and I'm yeah. leaning in and saying, I know what this is. I know the goodness mm-hmm. that can come from this. Right. I'm a little bit more satisfied to wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice to name a little bit of progress yes, along the way. it is. <laughs> Adele, one of the things that I notice is that oftentimes when I'm being invited to wait or asked to wait or forced to wait, um, that it exposes, it, it exposes stuff in me. Do you, do you agree with that? Does it expose stuff in us when we're being asked to wait? I think, you know, the first thing it always exposes is impatience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That just right there. But I think it also exposes, um, what, what I was, you could say what I thought should happen and what didn't happen. Mm -hmm. What I thought you should say, what you didn't say, how, fast the doctor should be how it exposes our expectations yes of ourselves of others and of god and when we see those expectations what do you think we should do yeah what do you do when you see an expectation yeah i use the word idealism in the last episode (laughs) which is another way Mm -hmm. of talking about it and so to be open to the fact that maybe my idealized expectations. Let's put those two words together. <laughs> together. How about idealized expectations? <laughs> that maybe in in the waiting, I have to let those be challenged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and see them for what they are, you know, that it's maybe expecting too much, or maybe it's that part of me that just wants the world to happen and wants life to happen on my own terms, terms. period, which takes me to another place of exposure, which is grandiosity. You know, that I like to think of myself as being above being made to wait. Are you kidding me? This doctor is really, you know, misusing my time by being late, you know, because my time is valuable after all, right? How could anybody squander my time this way? That's right. And I find waiting that's out of my control to be very humbling and to confront my grandiosity that somehow I should be above this. Somehow this should not happen to me. Somehow the world should just make, you know, should just make it happen on my terms. Mm-hmm. It's really humbling to see that kind of a streak in yourself. Mm-hmm. I hate that. <laughs> I, when, you know, I paint icons. Yes. And, and, and when I was in one of my classes, um, a, a teacher, one of the teachers had said, uh, I, I had gone up and said, you know, will you help me with something? And he said, go sit down and just do your work and I'll get to you later. So I oh, did. Oh boy, wow. <laughs> Woo! And, yeah, I mean, it's a longer story. But so I was sitting there and then he got up and he went around to everybody in the class and helped them. And he didn't help me. Mm. <laughs> went right past my desk. And I, you know, I was like, wow. 
So I went up to the desk a little mm -hmm. bit later and because he wasn't talking to any students, he was sitting there and I said, you know, I've been waiting patiently for you. And he looked at me and he said, no, I am the one in this room who is waiting. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So what did you say? What did you say to I that? I said, well, you're, you're right, <laughs> but nobody's up here right now. Would you help me fix my icon? <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Oh. But, but there is this sense, you know, I felt like I, I deserved to have his attention too. And yeah. that, that whole sort of grandiosity i was just thinking of your word grandiosity you know yeah. i've been waiting patiently well yeah he he waited on all of us mm -hmm. all week long waited yeah. for us to he waited for everything wow and he was what presence right. to be able to to say that to you like that in that moment that was a lot of presence wasn't it it was um, a lot of presence yeah mm -hmm. wow. and the thing one of the things i i took away was you know I'd made a mistake and I tried to fix the mistake. And he, he said to me, what made you think you could repair an icon? Hmm. And, wow. and I said, I, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. at one point he said, just go sit at your desk and pray. So I <laughs> went to my desk and I prayed and I thought, the master is in the room yeah, who could right. help me, you know, yeah. and, and this is my modus operandi. Yes. I make a mess. I try to fix it. I make it worse. And then you ask somebody else to try to fix it. <laughs> and, then I, and the master's in the room. Yeah. I could have asked, help me. Ooh, wow. It was big spiritual mm -hmm. direction that, that moment. That sounds very, very big. <laughs> well, so you've got this lovely, lovely couple of sentences in your book on 144. Life doesn't happen after our every expectation is fulfilled. It happens as we wait expectantly with open hands and with God. Mm -hmm. I love that. It doesn't happen after our every expectation is fulfilled. It happens as we wait expectantly with open hands with God. Wow, beautiful. And there is that sense, there's two different ways of waiting. Mm -hmm. Expectantly, mm -hmm. which is a verb, which is I'm, I'm open to what's going on. I'm expectant. Yeah. I am expectant. Or ex expectations which just close me down to one thing. Yeah, yeah. You and if you do don't meet that, that then my, then everything has, you know, is a loss. That's a know? loss. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So even asking myself, is this an expectation or am I waiting expectantly? Yes. Yes. That's great. That is a great question. Yes. Let's take that one into our prayer. <laughs> and now, Steve and I would like to take a moment to share a little bit about another way you can go even deeper on your spiritual journey around the themes we're discussing here on the podcast. We'd like to tell you about our Transforming Communities. Transforming Communities is a practice-based spiritual formation experience with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community Experience is designed to integrate your spirituality and your leadership and help you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. I was a part of TC6 way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. It is really hard to explain all that happens in this two-year, 27-month experience. So over the course of this season, we're going to be inviting different ones of our alums to share about what their transforming community experience meant to them. 
So here's what this week's alum has to say. Previous to joining a transforming community, I would have been skeptical to believe that participation in this type of retreat community could have any real benefit. Uh, felt like a rich Christian self-help group thing. I didn't, uh, I didn't grow up in a religious home, and to be quite honest, I was severely depleted as a leader, and just the notion of opening myself up to this type of commitment felt like yet another thing I would have had to put on my plate. A commitment that I felt like could ultimately paralyze me more. However, uh, it was a close friend of mine shared with me one of Ruth Barton's books, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. And I know Joke wept through probably two-thirds of it. It was as if Ruth spent the last year of my life writing a book to dig me out of the hole I was in. I felt seen, I felt known, but most importantly, I didn't feel alone. Uh, her writing showed me that herself and other leaders had clearly weathered this same type of brutal leadership journey and were able to heal on the other side of it. So I decided if this one book could change my life so radically, I, I took a chance that a quarterly retreat could have even more impact. Uh, going through the transforming community has truly shaped the way I move through my leadership and faith. It's What I love is it's given me practical tools. Yeah, I'm forever grateful. You can visit transformingcenter.org to learn more and to apply to the next transforming community. And now, back to my conversation with Adele on invitations from God. Right now, I'd like to move us to a slightly different place because so far we've talked about waiting as an unequivocally positive thing in the spiritual life. And yet, given the cultural milieu that we're in right now and this place of racial reckoning, I am reminded of the fact that in the black community and in other oppressed communities, but particularly in the civil rights movements in the 60s, and Martin Luther King Jr. really highlighted this really effectively, that white people kept wanting to tell black people, wait, you're moving too fast, wait for justice, it will come to you, you know, this is, this is too much, nobody can move this fast. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. really clarified that when white people said wait for justice, it was really justice delayed. They were really delaying something that needed to not be delayed, that needed to be brought now, should have been brought years ago. Can we talk about moments when waiting is avoidance, you know, or waiting is our admission that we don't want to deal with this right now so i i again that's I even, procrastination yeah. ruth I yeah would, i mean when there's waiting, a difference right yes, yes there's a difference between mm -hmm. when we're telling people who have already waited yes suffered prayed and at ask for justice for help and we say wait we're we're just procrastinating yeah. in and i think sinning i mean we're mm -hmm. Yeah, is this waiting procrastination mm -hmm. and just putting off? Yeah, and avoidance and of avoidance. the demands of the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I just um, felt it would be important for us, to, again, to acknowledge the fact that the invitations fall differently on different ears. Different ears. Depending on what our life experiences have been. Mm -hmm. And this is an important place where, you know, waiting could be a furtherance of injustice and asking other people to live longer with injustice and with things that are untenable and unforgivable and should not be tolerated for another minute. Well, and I even think um, for years within the church, 
you know, a woman goes to her pastor and says, my husband is abusing me. Mm-hmm. And very often the message was, well, just wait, yes. you know, just stay there and mm-hmm. be a good Christian wife and he'll come around that yes. waiting for something and instead of saying this is wrong you don't you, we got to we're going to do something about something this about right that. now mm-hmm. um because you're not safe and you need to be safe and we're going to help you so i'm hoping that we can be very discerning you know be very discerning about when waiting is really the thing that's being invited or when taking action might be what's being invited and especially taking action on behalf of someone else whose rights have been abused and for whom the time has come. Yeah, and I just want to pick up on your word discernment because just meeting with um, a young uh, woman this week who is contemplating divorce, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think as people in ministry were often like trying to get a big picture and saying, is, is this something that can be weighted in and there's movement or is there mm-hmm. a need to say you don't need to wait anymore? Yes. And it, it's a real... It's a very deep place to be with people. Yes. When do we say wait? And when do we say, you know, you have waited. Yes. And now you act. Oh, Adele, oh, thank you so for naming hard. that. Oh, thank you for naming that. It's complicated. I don't want anybody to hear our conversations about these invitations as though they're simple. Because they're not. They are complex. And the forgiveness one is very complex in terms of how you walk your process out. This one's complex as well. And sometimes in our communities in particular, when people will ask questions, I will be embarrassed with myself, but I'll say, I can't answer that because that's a spiritual direction kind of a question. You've got to be with somebody who really understands this moment in your life, who understands the dynamics, who has been watching God's invitations in your life for a long, you know, for a longer period of time. I simply cannot answer that question right here right now in a one or in one or two sentences that is a spiritual direction question and I think that's what you're naming here is that whether the invitation is to wait or to act can only be discerned with people who have been walking together for a while Mm -hmm. um, and have the ability to know the difference inside to discern it inside what is God really saying what's the real Mm -hmm. invitation here I am very very grateful that that you brought that up because I don't want anybody to leave listening <laughs> to this conversation and go out and do something too quickly and mm-hmm. something really, really important um, or wait on something where their actual life and safety and the safety of others might be endangered that they don't wait rather than act when they should. Well, Adele, you make a distinction in your book between waiting with desire and waiting with sort of a demanding attitude that <laughs> sounds like another very fine line to find in our waiting yeah how do we find um, that line well so this comes right out of my experience mm-hmm. because often um i'm a little afraid to even name my desires i mean you know this about me i can yeah. be afraid yes. to name my mm-hmm. desires i can be afraid that they that they won't happen and mm-hmm. i can be afraid that if i name them and start waiting for them um that it will just be one long road of disappointment and it's just easier to mm-hmm. to not look at them. And so, you know, Jesus so often asks people their desires, works with their desires. It's everywhere in the New Testament how Jesus works with desires. So there is this invitation to, to name your desire before God. Mm-hmm. It's in you, name yeah. it. But by naming it, you don't make it happen. Mm-hmm. By naming it, you put it, 
in the presence of God and say, here it is. Here's my hand. Uh, Nobody can see it, but my hand is open. Yeah. (laughs) But I also find that after a while, it's very easy for me to close my fist and turn my desire into God. Why don't you? Mm -hmm. You have to. I'm not going to pray this unless, you know, Mm -hmm. this. And when I'm in a demand state with my fist closed, I can't receive. And the thing about waiting is it is a place for receiving. It is a place to to stay open. Mm -hmm. It is a place where, in a sense, liminal space. Did we bring that word into this? The the Mm -hmm. liminal space where things, how Jesus held desires before God and and surrendered to God's will, even in this at the same time. So Mm -hmm. it's this sense of how can I hold something in a way that's free? rather than attached how can I and for me God does big things with my desires Mm -hmm. as I name them and wait and so I don't want I I I don't want people to be afraid of the desire and naming it and and yet I I want them to recognize when that desire has become an expectation and a demand that is actually impacting the way they view God Mm mm-hmm yeah. I think even just naming that distinction is really, really helpful because it's an inner dynamic then that we can pay attention to. Am I am I holding my desire openly before God or have I closed my fist and am I demanding this now? And I think we can know that inside if we if we have now heard these distinctions. We can pay attention. Do you agree? Yes. That just naming the, the, naming the distinction. Them. Yeah. And it can change the way we pray about something, you know, help me open my fist. I recognize that. Why am I so attached? It brings up questions that become conversations with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk just a little bit about kind of this waiting place we might be in the church today because we've seen this dynamic. I've seen this dynamic of people just wanting to get out there and just do stuff, like just wildly (laughs) do stuff, you know? To have it feel like we're going to get back to normal. I am suggesting when people ask, what does the church need right now? I've been saying, it's the only thing I ever say, is we need to discern. We need discernment. We need space. We need to discern what God is doing now. We need to do exactly what we're doing here, and that is listen to God's invitations to us now. But there can be some tension in that because people coming back are looking for, you know, something to be happening. They're excited to be back together and and all of that. Um what could we say right now, Adele, about how we can, how leaders can, can lead right now in a time of waiting, but, but in a way that doesn't like disillusion people or discourage them? Like, we've been waiting all this time and now you're going to ask us to wait some more. <laughs> what kinds of things could we encourage so that together as the church writ large, but also in our communities, could wait together a little mm-hmm. bit? Well, I like that last sentence, wait together, mm-hmm. because if I'm waiting alone, I'm much more impatient, yeah. you know, pastor yeah. do something. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. the pastor can frame, this is a mm-hmm. time when we're discerning yeah. where we're going. And, you know, there were wonderful things in our, in our old normal, but this is, you know, we have some, some clean canvas here. We've had a little disrupt. Yes, that's right. Can we... Uh, look at this disrupt as an invitation mm-hmm. to say what what in the old way of doing things was we want to retool that yeah. or what so, did we learn in doing some things in some new ways that we still yes. want to keep mm-hmm. 
Um, like and we talked far- about personally, what are some things we don't want to do anymore? That's right. Because now we've not done them and we've seen that we don't miss them, you know? And even to invite people <clears throat> in their groups and small groups or in conversations to say, what, what did, what were the good things that came out yes. for you in the church yes. environment during COVID? And what would you like to see carried over? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe what were some of the things that, that are gone and you don't miss them? That's right. That's right. I, and I even hear in that some connections, some really valuable human relating and connecting and making that a priority mm-hmm. versus just getting on. It's like we've been on separate roads for a while, for 18 months, and now all of a sudden our roads have come back together. And so to even ask the question, what's the journey been like for you? What, what have been your losses? Um, what have the, been the things that you've appreciated about the time that we had? What are you longing for as we go forward? Those kinds of questions would be highly relational too and help us to connect mm-hmm. again relationally because I really them. feel like there's That's a need the to need. connect relationally yes. on the That's other right. side before getting on to working really, really Absolutely. hard again. So there's a there's an invitation to wait, I believe, for communities that are gathered and for the church writ large. And I think that is a, an honoring thing that a pastor yeah. can do because even that desire of everybody to jump back in, I'm yeah. not sure that's as big an impetus as as we may feel yes we might be assuming something there and that that's not really actually what people are asking because some of this slowdown has been really something people want to carry forward Mm -hmm. yeah and so let's pick and choose let's be discerning Mm -hmm. about what we do next and i've talked to lots of lay people who are like i i I don't want to jump into church and and do six more things. Mm-hmm. That's, That's not right. what I'm looking for. I'm not going back to, to that. In fact, I no. think it's I think it's actually more clear than even that. There's a sense of I am not going right. back to what that was. Mm-hmm. So as pastors, we better stop and listen to that because I don't think we can force people by the force of our own will to go back to what it was if they don't want to. I think this listening will also give us a chance to get on a, on a page together versus leaders being under any sort of illusion that they can make people do what they are no longer willing to do. <laughs> very right. challenging, but um, could be very fruitful and and even intimate, like in the kinds of questions that we just put out there. Those would be very intimate conversations that would bring people together at a heart-soul level that would be very solidifying as we seek to move forward together. We, we'll say, you know, we'll know we're together, you know, we're connected. We're listening. Yes. And we're, yeah. Now let's walk together on this road mm-hmm. between the now and the not yet um, versus me just running out ahead of all of you, you know. Well, there's a little bit of a reflection on page 150, Adele, that I want yeah. to lead us in. Bringing us back, though, to that question that you gave, which I thought was so beautiful, and that is, are we waiting expectantly or with an expectation, you know, that something's <laughs> got to happen? So I thought we could do a little bit of an examen around the quality of our waiting and mm-hmm. our willingness to wait and become quiet in God's presence Maybe something's been stirred as we've talked about waiting and the beauty and the goodness of it, but also the challenge of it, the need for discernment within it. And we can do this daily, but for now, let's just take a moment right here, right now, if you're not driving. And maybe if you are, you won't be able to put your feet on the floor and close your eyes and open your hands, but just become quiet on the inside and just reflect back over the last 24 to 48 hours. And reflect back specifically on moments when you are required to wait 
waiting on a Zoom call when people were late, waiting in a doctor's office, waiting in a long line at the grocery store, waiting for a new baby to come, um, whatever it is for you. And what was the quality of your waiting? Were you able to wait patiently or did you lose patience? Did you wait with expectation open before the Lord or did you wait in a demanding way? Was it a feeling of expectancy but still openness to what God might choose to do? Was it with open hands? Was it with clenched fists? Um, how did you wait? What was the quality of your waiting? Did you distract yourself from the waiting by scrolling through your phone, going to a news channel or scrolling through Instagram or filling the time up with phone calling? Did you see the invitation there to wait or did you just blow past it? Just take time to notice the quality of your waiting. As you look back on the experience of waiting, what is God's invitation to you now as you think about these very natural opportunities to wait? Do you sense God saying, I'd like to do something a little different with that next time? Mm -hmm. Could we do that a little differently? silence our souls wait for you and you alone O oh God from you alone comes our salvation Thanks so much for listening today. There are so many podcasts to choose from, and I'm grateful you have spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation by joining a transforming community. You can visit transformingcenter.org to learn more and apply. Also, thanks for your support of the podcast and the work of the Transforming Center. If you have enjoyed the conversation, please rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. You can become a partner and receive exclusive content by visiting patreon.com slash transformingcenter.